If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email or visit us at lutherhouseofstudy.org. You can find Sarah's email in the show notes. Also, we would like to say a special thank you to Bob O'Connor and the Lutheran Leadership Foundation for sponsoring this week's episode. You can't always get what you want. This is a nice Rolling Stones song, right? But you get what you need. And this is a constant theme that we have throughout our lives, is Jesus actually gives us what we need. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In this week's lectionary text, we're placed in the third straight miraculous sign in John chapter 6. First, Jesus fed the 5,000 with only a few loaves of bread and fish. Then he walked on water. Now, the crowd has rushed across the sea to continue to be by Jesus' side. Adam Curie and I asked Dr. Krogan this week, why does the crowd continue to follow Jesus? In this week's conversation, Dr. Krogan breaks down what Jesus tells the crowd when they ask, what are you going to do to make our lives better? You'll hear Dr. Krogan explain that the crowd in this story believed the prosperity gospel, that Jesus could make their lives better by meeting their material needs. In fact, when we ask people today, why do you follow Jesus? The prosperity gospel gets remixed again in that people want to improve their lives. But as you'll hear Jesus say in this week's text, very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Let's get to this week's text. Here's John chapter 6, verses 24 through 35. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What signs are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have the whole crew back together with Dr. Chris Krogan as our guest this week. Thanks for being here, Dr. Krogan. Good. It's great to be here. Oh, good. So there's some, uh, uh, appears to be some references that uh, Jesus is making in our text. And just for context, can we uh, uh, flesh out some of the references? Flesh out. Is that a pun, Adam? You're already (laughs) on top of it today. Flesh out. Or are we going to spiritualize this? Spirit out the references. Yeah, there you go. Um, So what we have here is John 6 is going to be um, talking about, first of all, the very beginning of John is the famous loaves and fishes feeding the 5,000. So that's the reference that we get. But then between that and these texts, Jesus was also walking on water. And the important piece about both of those is they are other instances where Jesus gives signs. And then he talks about this reference then on why the people are coming after him. So we have a crowd chasing him down. They looked and they saw he wasn't there. And they're like, okay, where is Jesus? And we've heard about this and seen this before, where the crowd gets their bellies full or they get somebody healed and they would go looking for Jesus to get more. So this is what he's referencing to here is, is this, okay, you're coming after me, but why? And so the why is, he's, Jesus says it. It's not because you saw signs. Now, mm-hmm. this is an important piece Again, like I said before, whenever in the Gospel of John, Jesus gives a sign, Mm -hmm. he makes faith with it. So that's the very first sign is at the wedding at Cana. And Jesus turns the water into wine. And this is a sign. Now, what's really interesting whenever Jesus makes a sign, which is the same thing that happened with the loaves and fishes, and also when he's walking on water, Mm -hmm. is Jesus is actually um, speaking to make this sign. Mm -hmm. He turns water into wine by speaking he ter- does loaves and fishes and he blesses it and then all of a sudden it multiplies. Mm-hmm. And then he also does the same thing with walking on water. He speaks and they all of a sudden are calm. They were afraid prior to that. But then when he speaks, something good happens. So this is the sign. But they didn't want a sign that made faith. They wanted their bellies full. And that's why it's kind of... It's nice, but it's also challenging that he calls them out here. And I think it's also a little bit confusing because this is kind of what we live by in this day and age a little bit too. Yep. Um, so it's kind of hard to look in the mirror and see that. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's the verse 27, do not work for the food that perishes. Well, what is it that we do every day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we work for the food that perishes. We work for the food I mean, that perishes. Yeah. But also... The daily bread. Not Yeah, not just our own work. Why do most people want to chase Jesus down in today's context? You know, I would say that a majority of people are not looking to um, have Jesus to make faith, but they're looking for Jesus to improve their life. Mm-hmm. And so this is what we would call a prosperity gospel or a social justice gospel or a moral majority gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care which side of the coin you're looking at, the spectrum is broad and wide about why Jesus. He's an example. He's a way to move forward. And constantly they're looking at Jesus in that way. I heard uh, recently uh, that, that Jesus was the, the greatest salesman or the greatest uh, organizational <laughs> leader. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and this is a very American way of viewing Christ as if he was to give you the 
business planner. He'd be the prime example of uh, exactly Tony he, Tony Robbins is just yeah exactly a reiteration yeah. of Jesus. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. Just like the sort of American way of understanding Christianity. Right. And and also now, you know, we, we saw this um, back in the early 2000s, the WWJD, what would Jesus do? But that still is the oh, case yeah. today. Mm-hmm. And when people are saying, you know, Jesus would have welcomed the immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. Or Jesus would have, you know, looked to the marginalized and, and treated them better than we do and mm-hmm. those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So the good Samaritan can easily get troped. And so we constantly do exactly what Jesus is criticizing here. He's You're chasing him down to get your earthly needs met, to get the world a better place, make that as opposed to the sign that makes faith, okay, and looking to Jesus for what he has to say. Again, it's his speaking that happens here throughout all of his signs, which are important. So a lot of uh, John uh, seems to be sort of uh, the gospel of John seems to be sort of spiritualized mm-hmm. uh, and verse 27 continues in such a way that can sometimes be confusing. He says, uh, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the son of man will give you. Uh, and I guess, I mean, it, he answers the question uh, at the end, but what is this food that in, uh, endures eternal life? Uh, it's not Twinkies. It's nope. not <laughs> these nope. things that yeah, uh, last for a long time because they're preserved. I know. Yeah. <laughs> John uses a lot of images. I am, you know, you'll, you, you'll never be thirsty because of me. You won't go hungry because of me. I am, I am, I am. These are all images you find out throughout John. So the key here as we go through, and we've got three weeks in a row now, where we're dealing with Jesus as the bread of life. And so the lectionary people put this out three times, and we even have some repetitive verses. So especially for the preacher, this is kind of a challenge to have three weeks in a row on almost the exact same stuff. So we're going to try our best to kind of give three different um, takes on this. But what's really important here on this particular giving an image here is, remember, in the beginning was the word. And so when Jesus starts talking about he is one you would eat, you know the Jeremiah text where Jeremiah is given scrolls to eat as a prophet, and he's supposed to eat them, and they're sweet as honey. Mm -hmm. So there is this imagery throughout the Bible that you eat the words, that is to say, they dwell in you. Mm -hmm. They are something that you internalize. And so that's part of this. And so Jesus is the word, and then when you have him as the bread of life, that is to say, you consume him, you consume what he has to say, and it becomes part of you. It's part of your makeup, but as well as your sustenance. And so this is part of what's going on here when Jesus says, you know, food that endures to eternal life. This is Jesus' word, which makes faith and promise. Well, and I, I know you just talked about um, we as humans wanting our, like, our needs met, yep. our right here, right now needs. And so I do find it interesting that we want those met, but we are also sh- short-sighted, yep. it seems, because this verse isn't going against what we need. No. It isn't at all. It just it just sounds different, and it just might not be what we, what we want. Right. You can't always get what you want. This is a nice Rolling Stones song, right? But you get what you need. And this is a constant theme that we have throughout our lives, is Jesus actually gives us what we need. Now, the piece that he gives us through his word is faith. And faith gets us comfortable with our current existence. So our current existence may not be what we 
want, but it is what we have, and then it, thus it gives us needs in that current existence. So in the next verse, mm-hmm. when it says that he has set his seal on us, is that kind of the same of, as what you're saying about he does it to us? So the seal here is that the, that God the Father has set his seal on Jesus. Oh, okay. So, and what that is, is that's kind of a, that's that's an important person at that time. So a, an emperor or a leader would have a particular stamp or seal of clay. They'd put it on there and then they'd have, their, they'd be able, this is how you kind of put your signature. You'd have insignia on the end of a, a piece of metal or something. And you'd press that down into that clay on whatever. And that shows that you mm-hmm. were the one that made that statement. Mm-hmm. So this is what that seal is signifying is that, Jesus had that stamp on him um, that God the Father put to just show that this is this is who was sent me, and so now you know who sent the letter, so to speak. Okay. I just find it funny. Um, I'm reading verse 28, and I know we literally just talked about this, but it says that they then said, what must we do to perform the works of God? Right. And it, they're, they're just not getting the hint. No, no, it's not <laughs> happening for them. So they, like, not at all. I mean, and they were just witnessing the signs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Do not work for the food that perishes. How oh, do we work for the food that perishes? <laughs> exactly. No, it is. Which is, which is, which actually is cold comfort in this day and age. Because the using Jesus as a model or an example for morals or something like that mm-hmm. is thousands of years old of what we call an atonement theory of Jesus is just a moral example. And so the fact that it gets reinvented generation after generation after generation right here is a demonstration that even the people sitting there listening to Jesus' own words coming out of his mouth, still happening, mm-hmm. still happening today. <laughs> and so, I mean, he, re- I mean, he wrestles the question away from them. He doesn't answer them. He just says, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom uh, he has sent. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, what sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Yeah. And so, s- sorry. Yeah. So isn't it ironic that they said, what do we do? And then Jesus comes back with a, well, it's what does God do? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. What do we do? No, no. God does it. Well, and that's where I'm really happy that in verse 29, they actually he actually does say this is the work of God, mm-hmm. because I think what comes after that that you believe in Him whom He has sent. Right. I that <laughs> like to me, if he didn't say this is the work of God, I would think that this is something I need to do. Right. Yeah. I need to believe. That's not like I'm I'm the active. Yep. In in that, I'm not the passive. Right. And so Jesus is quite so clear that's again. Very misleading. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I'm thinking of the, the God's work, our hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the work of God. Uh, oh, but, <laughs> but let me go out and cooperate with God or let me contribute my, my, yeah. my yeah. role. <laughs> but yeah. it literally says, I, I don't really, I don't get how people don't I mean, mince these words here. It's yeah. just like that you believe in him whom he has sent. This is the work of God. Right. That's how, how, much, how, much how much more, more clear can you be? And, but it, yeah, exactly. But again, what's beautiful about this text is then the people hearing those same words, which we go, it's clear as day to us, yeah. but that would be the work of God on us. This yeah. is actually the demonstration of it is the work of God because our neighbors would be like, no, no, I, I'll do this, which means they weren't given this gift of the Spirit to believe and hear and have their ears open that this is the work of God. What would seem to be clear as day to us 
gets comp complex or, uh, you know, so it just becomes confused for them. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. In verse 30, it literally all just repeats. Yep. What sign if are you going to do? If I were Jesus, I would have walked away. <laughs> it's not in you. <laughs> Bye. <Yep. Yep. laughs> I, I, yeah, so work, work are you going to perform? What are you going to do for us? In other words, are you going to do another kind of loaves and fishes and give us some food? Or are you going to raise one of us from the dead or make one of us be able to walk better? Or So, again, it's all stuck in the law, which is, again, that is our natural inclination to have our self-service needs met. Mm -hmm. So the four of us will walk out of this room when we're done with this podcast. And the first thing we'll think of is how am I going to get my fleshy needs met? It mm -hmm. just is our nature. Buy mm -hmm. a Twinkie. After we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> After we've been sitting here talking this through and everything, then we'll be worried about what the next day brings or what is night. And we'll be frustrated that, you know, I didn't get home in time to do this or this happened at work or mm -hmm. I didn't get the pay raise that I wanted or something like that. Exactly same thing, which is why there's something very important that when you receive the bread from heaven from Jesus, as opposed to what we're going to get toward the end here, the manna, mm -hmm. that the manna was sustaining Israel in the wilderness. Bread from heaven is that which gives you comfort that you are in the wilderness and God's going to take care of you no matter what. So mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times a lot of people conflate that with, well, if you really love me, God, you will do X. Yeah. So you, you, you almost challenge it or you look for signs out in the world mm -hmm. saying, oh, if, if I'm doing the right thing, I'll get a raise at work. Yep. So you're actually worrying about worldly things. Yeah. When he gave them bread from heaven to yep. eat. Yeah, exactly. And again, one of my all-time favorite lines from Luther is in the first thesis of the Hadelberg Disputation, which is part of what's going on here. Um, as Luther starts, or as Jesus starts to compare what Moses gave versus what Jesus gives. And the very first thesis of the Hutterberg Disputation says, the law is the most salutary, that is, it's the most valuable doctrine for this life. Mm -hmm. In other words, for what's going on in our time. But advances no one to righteousness in God. In fact, it hinders you. Mm -hmm. So we just think of this it's the most salutary thing to get you through this world, mm -hmm. but actually hinders you to having faith in God. So even that manna in the wilderness did not make them have faith in God. Getting your daily needs met. So you're right. We'll just walk out and go, okay, how am I going to get my needs met? How are you going to do this, Jesus? What are you going to do for me today? Um, please give me the right answer to the test, or please, you know, make sure that, you know, I get home safe or protect mm -hmm. my kids and all these things. And then when it doesn't play out the way you want it, Boom, faith is attacked. Yeah, I mean, you can just look at history too. Uh, the most prosperous economically a nation in the history of the world, America, and that you can look at the numbers and see that uh, there's uh, people less identifying with faith than yeah. before. It's not about daily needs nope. necessarily. Nope. And so that's the inter interesting thing that we've talked about for weeks on end here. It's actually in the moment of crisis, in the moment of experiencing for instance, your daughter was sick and you go to Jesus and say, she's sick. This is a couple of weeks ago. She's sick. You need to heal her. Mm -hmm. And then she dies and he raises her from the dead. That's the only time Jesus squeezes a uh, promise or you squeeze a promise out of Jesus and you want faith. 
is when you actually encounter sin, death, and the devil, mm-hmm. not when you've got prosperity. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting way of phrasing it. Yeah. Well, Luther actually has a wonderful quote that you won't find it in an English edition. It's actually in Latin, but this is how it's roughly translated. Luther says, speculating, reading, learning, do not make a theologian. Living, then he says, no, actually dying and being damned mm-hmm. makes a theologian. So it's in that experience of the cross that you come to know truly who Jesus is, which is exactly what he's getting at here. Moses gave you the bread from heaven, but my father father actually gives you the bread. And for this, he comes down from heaven to give life to the world. And so this is exactly what Jesus does, comes down from heaven to give life to the world through his cross and resurrection, his mercy and forgiveness, so that all may have eternal life. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us that like the crowds rushing to follow Jesus in this text, we, today, desperately want our daily needs met. Jesus speaks to us and says that daily bread won't give us eternal life. But luckily, we have something better than any bread of this world. Jesus is the bread of life. It's in his resurrection and in his forgiveness that we have eternal life. Sir, give us this bread always indeed. As you heard at the beginning of the episode, if you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, we'd appreciate it if you'd connect with our co-director, Sarah Stenson, by sending her an email at s-s-t-e-n-s-o-n at a-u-g-i-e dot e-d-u. That's s-stenson at augie dot e-d-u. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Additionally, if you'd like to support us in a different way, we'd appreciate it if you'd give us a five-star rating or follow our Facebook page at Luther House of Study. We'd love it if you drop us a comment on one of our posts about what you found interesting, helpful, or noteworthy about this week's episode. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, Jesus is the bread of life. We'll see you next time on Scripture First. 